0: The Smash Daily Podcast,
1: weekdays four to six on 107.1, The Big Z, radio for the Riverbend.
2: I've
0: been around the way, I've been around the block. I got the keys to the city if the gates are locked. And a freak like me ain't about to stop. I got a handful of dreams and a heart full of God.
3: Boom and baby, booming, baby, booming, baby, man! Boom Out the stereo system, what's going on? I'm looking at the night. Don't seem like it's shorter than any other time, but whatever. It is winter, what you going to do? About 10 minutes after 5 o'clock right here. Hey, uh, by the way, this weekend, you know, sometimes what a lot of people do, is what I do, is I get on my laptop computer and I'll do business while I'm watching football games. So if you got... Uh, opportunity you want to check it out we've got a really nice podcast site for you you can do it through podcast through com, or you can podcast uh, through smashdaily.com my man lolo puts it all together and it is magnifico so if you miss any part of the show you have opportunity to go to uh, the podcast site there and uh, enhance yourself with the entertainment value provided by yours truly here Smash Daily, WVGZ 107.1 FM, the Big Z. I'm talking about Google, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all of them. All right, there you go. I tell you what, Lolo, producer extraordinaire, calls up and says, you want this story? I said, what is it? It's about this deal that the, the cops are getting ready to get jacked on, you know? It's like, what? It's coming heavy out of Springfield. You may have heard it uh, if you listen to the news with Doug Jenkins here just a little bit ago. This is an amazing thing that might wind up happening to the cops if we ain't watching out for those who serve and protect. It's being touted as criminal justice reform, Senate Amendment 2 to the House Bill 163. You ready for this? I couldn't believe it when Doug told me. This is a 600-page amendment proposal. Amendment, 600-page amendment. (laughs) The amendment is 600 pages. Somebody crazy? It's a proposal that opponents say irresponsibly endangers the safety of Illinois citizens. Yeah, okay, let's read on. Some lawmakers in opposition call it a dangerous new proposal that's being backed by Democrat lawmakers to recklessly alter criminal justice policy in Illinois. Now, Doug Jenkins, our news director here, talked a little bit earlier to the Bethalto police chief, Mike Dixon, and got his thoughts on this because
4: this is something. Uh, so there is possibility that uh, House Bill 163, which uh, started as a prescription monitoring bill and has morphed into something completely different, uh, will be uh, addressed this weekend. Uh, it's going to uh, severely cripple the policing Uh, ability in the state, if I uh, understood correctly. You know, I don't necessarily say that it would cripple us. I think it will criminalize our profession and destroy it, not cripple us. I think with uh, being crippled, you still are able to do something, uh, and you're still capable of uh, basic functions. Um, This bill uh, will destroy and eliminate law enforcement as we know it uh, in this state uh, and uh, basically uh, criminalize being a police officer um, in every single aspect and every single turn. So uh, what uh, what is the major point of concern? With 611 pages, is there any
5: one thing uh, that you can point to?
4: well there's there's a multitude of things in here, and unfortunately in this the sad reality of where we live in this nation and at this point in time is how these bills are proposed it's It's perplexing and and, and very concerning for me that you know uh, an area representative uh, Katie Stewart. Uh, can propose a bill uh, that has all great intentions related to monitoring prescription medications, uh, and then the bill morphs into a 611-page bill related to police reform for which co-sponsors uh, such as Monica Bristow from our region are not even aware uh, of what the bill is once it gets put into uh, a position of voting. Law enforcement was not even made aware of this. It was just put on to the to, uh, made aware to us on the 6th. I can't possibly study 611 pages of legislation and know it all by the 13th, nor can any members of our congr- or, or, re- or reps throughout the state. It's concerning, and uh, it's just sad the way that uh, uh, legislation is passed in this state, and it's irresponsible, because this legislation, if passed, as I said, will mean without a doubt uh, the complete elimination uh... and the disbanding of local law enforcement as we know it now no police officer will continue to serve if this legislation is passed so uh... i can go over a few of the things in the six hundred eleven pages that are concerning uh, that it that it does call for if it vote if the vote passes um, it uh, would require um, a statewide use of force policy by all policing agencies, which necessarily isn't a horrific thing, uh, but it's concerning whenever individuals uh, have control over every jurisdiction within the state and tell us how to operate and how to conduct our, our business uh, and how to perform based upon problems that may exist in one community and not in another community. It eliminates uh, prison jurymandering, uh, which will redraw districts for representatives which is uh, something that uh, one party in particular really would like to see happen, Um, eliminates, which is the most concerning thing, eliminates qualified immunity for police officers, basically making them personally civilly liable for every single thing they do. This is the part of this legislation that will cause every police officer that I know to probably quit the profession and no one to come back into it. People need to research what qualified immunity is. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, by special interest who have an agenda. It's uh, propagated as something that gives policemen a right to just go out and abuse citizens and never be held accountable. It is not that at all. Basically what it says that in any given situation, based upon the situation at hand, if the officer does something that any other officer of rational right-mindedness looks at and sees as reasonable, then that officer is quali- uh, allowed qualified immunity, which only makes sense. It would be the same as if a doctor does something and someone is injured that another board and members of a doctor uh, of a board or doctors in another organization would look at and say what he did was reasonable and the same thing we would have did in that situation that's what qualified immunity is Uh, it eliminates uh, police officers rights to collective bargaining in the state which would make them the only class of public employees that didn't have that right Um, it allows for unrestricted and ungoverned discipline of police um, and law enforcement officers uh in their policies without uh, um, uh verified affidavits from complaints sworn affidavits from complaints they can be anonymous, you have to maintain those complaints forever. they go in the officer's file and they can be utilized the officer in all aspects of the job. Um, They must be maintained forever. Uh, There would be a substantial increase in uh, ongoing educational requirements with no money to pay for those increased costs uh, and no assurance that the courses will even be offered. Uh, so they'll they'll mandate courses be taken, but won't ensure that the courses are offered. The cost of those courses won't be covered, which means an increase in taxation for citizens in our community. Uh, it mandates the use of uh, body cameras by all police officers, again, uh, with uh, no money to support that, which is a very expensive endeavor, which would mean an increase of taxes. And most police officers would be okay with a body camera. Um, no problem with that. The vast majority of the time, they show that the officer overwhelmingly does the right thing. Uh, we don't have a problem with that. But to put a $100,000 uh, cost on a policing agency, at a time in which even my own police agency is worried about losing our dispatch center, because we cannot maintain the cost associated with these things is ridiculous Uh, we would love to have these things but we need financial assistance our communities uh, are are attacked by the loss of uh, you know business and the infrastructure uh, and our taxation is reduced and to mandate all these costs upon us um, without any assistance from the state um, is ridiculous. There'd be um, a significant increase in training requirements again in the police academy and in certifications with no money offered. Um, it defunds every police department that doesn't comply with 100% of the regulations in this bill. Um, one of the most obscure things in the bill is there's no more suspending of Illinois driver's license of offenders for traffic violations. Why that's in here, I'll never understand. Uh, But it goes back to this side or the individuals that would propose this, not wanting people to be held accountable for their acts. Uh, It's just alarming that somebody could go out and commit traffic offense after traffic offense, traffic offense after traffic offense. And not have a, a possibility of be having a suspended driver's license, whatever the reason is for that, I don't understand. Uh, it puts a complete ban on chokeholds, uh, no matter what the situation. If officers officer uh, in a serious bodily situation where he's being stabbed and the only thing he can do is do a chokehold, it bans that. You can't do it makes no sense to me. Uh, it eliminates cash bail in our state like uh, some other states have went to, like in New York City where you saw the rioting and the officers would arrest the people and they just come right back out. We'd have that right here in Illinois if that's what our voters want. They'll, they'll love this bill. Um, uh, it uh, enacts multiple benefits for felons to include access to victims' compensation, uh, it prohibits the use of force in almost all situations by police officers, making them criminally liable for vir- virtually all use of force. Um, it removes prohibitions against obstructing police officers as a crime. Uh, it eliminates felony murder statute uh, and institute one of one of one of the concerning uh, bills that have came about or one of the concerning aspects of this bill is a mandated three phone call uh, of all arrestees now. Every arrestee, primarily those that go to the county and the larger police departments, have access to a phone um, the entire time after they've been booked in. Uh, so they get three phone calls. But say I arrest an officer here in Betholto, and um, he's mandated three phone calls. I um, This bill mandates that I help him find the numbers. I ensure he gets those phone calls within one hour, and if I don't, I'm accountable for a Class three felony as a police officer, so they're going to arrest me. Well, where that comes into play is police departments like the Wood River, East Alton, um, Roxanna South, Roxana, Hartford. The vast majority of police departments across the state are 10 and, uh, to 12 members, uh, so you have one and two officers on duty. So what happens when we arrest a man and bring him into our office and he's DUI intoxicated? You can barely get him to walk, let alone identify three people to call. And I have three more calls that come in, and I have to go to those calls to risk uh, endangering lives if I don't go. I lock that man up in my jail, and I come back an hour and a half later after saving lives at the other calls. I've committed a Class three felony under the eyes of this law. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Um, It eliminates eliminates, uh, habitual criminal acts, and it goes on and on um, as it relates to what this will do. But ultimately, what I've described there... If, if you take all that into consideration, what it will do is eliminate law enforcement as we know it right now in this state and create chaos for our citizens. If that's what people want, um, they'll they'll be supportive of House Bill 163. It's just concerning and alarming to me that legislation like this is put onto the slate within days and passed within days without nobody knowing about it. Um, this is the kind of kind of politi- political. Uh, shell game and 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 uh, rhetoric uh, that will destroy our nation if we allow it to happen we've got to we've got to hold people accountable for whenever they present a bill that it is has time to be mitigated reviewed uh and the public needs to know about these bills this is ju- it's just sad it's sickening to me this alarms me as as not only a police chief but as a citizen of the state of Illinois if this passes I will fear for my safety and my family's safety more than I ever have. And it may be the thing that makes me want to move out of this state. It's concerning that much for me.
3: That is some heavy right there. Thanks to Doug Jenkins for putting that together, getting it on here. Why would you do that to the police, to the protect and serve? Who's thinking about this kind of stuff? you got to take care of those guys. They protect and serve. I'm sure more is going to come on as the days does come on. And we, of course, will keep you informed here at WBGZ. Like I said before, thanks to Doug Jenkins for being on top of that game and turning it on to Smash Daily right here. Now, Doug also turned me on to this. I wasn't watching. But today, what is today, the 8th? Yeah, of course. tomorrow's the 9th. Yeah. Uh, let me go right here to this page. I want to I'll read the whole, Well, here's the the whole deal, really, is that on this date, in 1993, Elvis Presley stamps were on sale at the post offices around the U.S. on what would have been the king's 58th birthday. Had he lived, Elvis Presley would be 86 years old today. Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll. Elvis Presley. And I tell you what, had he lived to a viable 86, I bet he'd still be singing today. I bet he would. I got good memories of Elvis. I, I, I love Elvis. Uh, I never got to see Elvis. But yeah, of course, you saw him on TV all the times and everything, but I'd love to seeing seen him live. My favorite Elvis song, play it for you right now. Oh, wait a minute, Smash. How come you always get to play your favorite songs? Well, it's my show. When you get your show, you play your favorite songs. If I want to listen, I'll listen. If not, I'll come back to you later. But this is my favorite Elvis song right here. And there's a, I mean, all of my songs, all of Elvis' songs are, are my favorite songs. But this one right here, since I was a little kid. Favorite Elvis song right there. 86 years old. Had the king lived to this particular point in time. I'm so enthralled by that song. I listened to that song when I was a little kid. That is my favorite Elvis song. That's all kinds of other Elvis songs you can play, Smash. That is my favorite Elvis song. Why don't you play my favorite Elvis song? I would, but I don't know what it is. Secondly, or firstly, my show, I'm gonna play my favorite. In fact, I'm gonna play my favorite Elvis song again.
2: The Happy birthday, Elvis! Six years old. I gave a letter to the postman. He put it in his sack. Bright and early next morning, he brought my
0: letter back. She wrote a.
3: I don't know whether you know or not that's my favorite Elvis song right there since I was a little kid smash with you right here you say well smash why are you saying happy birthday to Elvis today He's, yeah I'm saying he he would have been 86 I know that's what the paper says I'm saying he is 86 I'm saying Elvis is still alive I'm saying he lives here in the river bend somewhere don't want nobody to know about it but that's just me conspiracy theorist all right but happy birthday Elvis I know you're listening smash daily here on WBGZ, I tell you who did pass away, uh, I don't, and I don't know whether it was yesterday or whether it's was early this morning, Tommy Lasorda, the baseball guy, the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, one of the greatest personalities the game has ever had. I'm going to do a little tribute to him coming up in just a moment here, and Ed Wheatley will join us. He's our baseball guy here, Smash Daily, and Ed knows baseball, author of three baseball books got himself an Emmy for the documentary on one of his books and we're going to talk baseball and we're going to talk what's going on at least here at this particular point in it's it's cardinal season all year long just different levels of seasonry. so what's going on with the cardinals at this particular point in their season and a little tribute here to Tommy Lasorda <laughs>
2: Listen to the Smash Daily Podcast
1: anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Google, Apple, Spotify, and the new home at Amazon Music. SmashDaily.com.
3: smash with you here let's talk a little baseball and when we talk baseball we hook up with ed wheatley and ed wheatley has written himself well it's written for the public and you can find his books at reedy press r-e-e-d-y press reedypress.com baseball in st louis his other book incredible cardinals his book stl brown's the story of a beloved of a beloved team and ed Got himself, most recently, it was about a month ago, he got that Emmy Award on the uh, Browns. Did you not know that? add? Yes, that's correct. Bravo on that, partner. Proud of you, man. And r- Thank you. As far as reading is concerned, it's one of the top 25 books to read in the year 2020? I don't know whether that's a good or a bad for you there in the that's year good. 2020. But bravo yeah. on that, too. Hey, um, Tommy Lasorda, man. Everybody loved Tommy Lasorda, whether he had a winning season, whether he had a losing season, because he – was one of the personalities, one of the faces, one of the attitudes of what baseball is supposed to be as far as America is concerned. I'm going to play a little tribute that they did to him uh, at the Major League uh, Hall of Fame. And then when we come back, we got some uh, Tommy Lasorda to talk up. And also, I want to see what's going on with the Cardinals at this particular point in time. All right? All right. Here we go.
1: was the heartbeat of his franchise for parts of eight decades, bleeding Dodger blue as a pitcher, scout, coach, and manager. Thomas Charles Lasorda was the Dodgers and his love for his team was only surpassed by the adoration of his fans. Born September 22, 1927 in Norristown, Pennsylvania, Lasorda battled his way to the major leagues as a left-handed pitcher parlaying a string of successful seasons in the minors into a handful of appearances in the 1950s with both the Dodgers and the A's. After his playing career, Lasorda stayed on with Los Angeles as a scout and minor league manager, nurturing a crop of stars that would become the backbone of the great Dodger teams of the 1970s. When longtime manager Walter Alston retired near the end of the 1976 season, Lasorda took over, three of his first five teams won National League pennants, and the 1981 Dodgers captured the club's first World Series title in 16 years. After two more NL West titles in 1983 and 85, Lasorda led a scrappy LA team to an unexpected crown in 1988, Lasorda's second World Series win. He retired in 1996 after 21 seasons having won two NL Manager of the Year awards and posting eight first place finishes. His passion for winning and his ability to motivate his players made him one of the most visible managers in the game. At the time of his retirement, his 1,599 wins ranked 13th all-time. In 2000, Lasorda skippered the United States to a gold medal at the Sydney Olympics the only time the U.S. captured Olympic gold in the sport of baseball. Tommy Lasorda was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1997.
3: And rest in peace, Tommy Lasorda, 93 years old, and he's passed away. And like I said, one of the great faces, one of the great attitudes, one of the great uh, personalities of the game, Tommy Lasorda right there, huh, Ed?
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was the oldest living Hall of Famer. Yep. And, you know, the thing that people don't realize, that that whole legacy could have changed in 1953 because Tommy Lasorda was traded to the Browns. Oh, really? Yes. And he spent the whole spring training in 1953, presumed to be the Browns' fourth starting pitcher behind Don Larson, Bob Turley, and um, uh, uh, Gene Bearden. Really? Well. I didn't know. Yeah, And what happened was Bill Veck was trying to move the Browns to uh, St. Louis yeah. to start the, I mean, to Baltimore to start the 53 season. Yeah, I remember that. Well, story. the Yankees voted against him. And he was also supposed to get paid $2 million for doing it from Baltimore if he did it. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get it done. And he had to send Tommy Lasorda back to the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, because he couldn't. Couldn't afford to pay him. Uh, now, Vec would go and be forced to sell the team later on to Baltimore yeah. uh, after the season. But, you know, if he would have stayed with the Browns, he would have been their fourth starting pitcher. He only pitched in 26 games in his career yeah. uh, because the Dodgers were so deep. He could have been a, it could have been a whole totally different story Isn't just because something? of St. Louis.
3: And that's something that is wild. See, people don't know that stuff. That's why you get a guy like Ed Wheatley. He knows baseball history because he studies it not only for his enjoyment, but also to put it forth in whatever way. Is needed to be presented uh, in his books that I told you about just a moment ago, Tommy Lasorda, man. There's so many. You hear it
5: first st- on the Smash Show, hey, man. Hey,
3: partner, I appreciate it. But Tommy Lasorda, so many great stories on Tommy Lasorda. I got a quick one right here, man. So I'm doing uh, morning radio. It's over at uh, where would I can't remember. It's over at Casey or over at Clue. Anyway, Tommy Lasorda comes in, and uh, I I'm not like busting him now and he can't defend himself or anything i'm just telling you a great story so we're doing the interview and we take a break to go to commercial and said uh, anything we can do for you time and he said yeah man i'm hungry i said okay uh, what kind of stuff you want he said man i'd love to have some ice cream and so back then was the early days of 24-hour groceries so we had one nearby we sent the intern intern comes back with a half gallon of vanilla tommy wanted vanilla and Tommy's sitting there doing the interview, eating vanilla. He said, don't tell nobody I'm eating this ice cream. Because at the same time, he was doing Nutrisystem commercials on TV. <laughs> but I did Nutrisystem for a while, too. And they would give me the the one week's worth of food, and I'd eat it in in a day and a half. A day? Day and a half. And uh, so I understood what Tommy was going through. He said, Tommy, don't even worry about it, man. Go right ahead and enjoy yourself. That was a, a, a great fellow right there because he knew how to represent the game. That uh, was key to me as far as my my love of baseball grew, you know?
5: Well, it's a, his famous line is, I I bleed Dodger blue, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he lived it from Brooklyn all the way out to Los Angeles yeah. and, you know, he owned the town of Los Angeles all during the '70s and the '80s. He
3: uh, did. He was always on all the shows too, with Bob Hope show and uh, oh yeah, and uh, Dean Martin had the uh, Dean Martin Hour and uh, Hollywood mm-hmm. Palace. All those shows. That he used to be on those shows all the time because he was a great uh, deliverer of comedy. I don't. Know, I. I wouldn't say he's a stand-up comic. But he knew no. how to deliver comedy, and so they always had him on all the shows. Johnny Carson would have him on there, joking oh, yeah. back and forth. It was it was hilarious.
5: He could, he could carry on with the best of him. He was really great on the uh, speaking circuit mm. in the off season. Yeah. Just to kind of the rumor had it was because it always happened. Tommy would get into a city and be ready to go to the banquet, and he goes, "Oh my gosh, I forgot my shoes." That man had more new shoes because <laughs> they would have to go out and buy him new shoes all the time because he <laughs> allegedly would forget his shoes. That is
3: great. That is great. He was at Charlie Gitos all the time, man. Him and Charlie Gitos. Oh, Gito yeah. He and Charlie same. were very tight. Yeah, exactly right. Now, I remember Tommy Lasorda as a guy who had a credibility, but, boy, did that credibility really land when he won that World Series. What was it, 19, you know better than me?
5: No, well, the, 1988 the eight, one that he That was he, one. He won. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the one. He won in 81 also. 81 was kind of a strike year and kind no. of a mess. Of, but I think you're talking That's about right. the one with Kirk Gibson, you exactly know, sending right. him up. Kirk exactly Gibson couldn't right. even walk to the plate. And he's yeah. hobbling up with a bat It's yeah. his cane and hits the immortal home run. Yep, um, You're right.
3: I was watching. I was but watching. on the that. other
5: hand, yeah. the flip side of that, we go to 1985, and the Cardinals are playing the Dodgers. And Jack Clark comes up to bat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can even see the film of in the dugouts, hey, walk him. Mm-hmm. Walk him. Mm-hmm. And Lasorda's like, No. Well what happens? Tom Neidenfuhr throws the ball to Jack Clark and Jack Clark deposits it way in the deep <laughs> left field. The famous picture of Pedro Guerrero, who yeah. was the Dodger at that time, left fielder throwing his glove down. Cardinals win the game, yeah. go on to to win the uh the national league and uh, then go to the World Series. But yep. you know, it's that's what's that's, a, that's a, you know, the beauty of Being a manager, some days you win, some days you don't. Kirk Gibson, he won. Tom Newton-Pure, he didn't.
3: Yep, yep, yep. Well, Tommy Lasorda has passed. Rest in peace. Thank you for really Tommy Lasorda being just one of the anchors of Major League Baseball because you always count on Tommy Lasorda to promote the game as it should be promoted, as it should be taken by those who are either watching TV or listening to radio, whatever the case may be. Let's slide over to the Cardinals What's coming up? Uh, where are we in the season? Shall we say
5: sixty-four million dollar question? You know, I've had people. Hey, is there going to be? I go to spring training. Can we go to spring training? Yeah. I mean, right? Everybody is really kind of sitting back. The free agents are sitting back. I, do I sign? Owners are saying, Do I have revenue? How mm-hmm. can? How much can I sign a free agent for? And the nationally, they don't even know what the rules are going to be. Yep. Is there a designated hitter? Will the rules that happened last year, like? Seven inning double headers, extra inning games with a man on second base—are those going to continue? Or are they not? Uh, so it's like it's in a it's in a fog. Yeah, and it's it's I think it's hurting the game because people are like, "What's going on? Mm-hmm. Do I go to Florida? You know? Do I see spring training? You know? You got to deal with the virus, but still, is there going to be a spring training? Right. Will there be games here in the, the uh, cities of the team? Yeah, you know, the, hockey. They came out with a plan. They're playing. The NFL has a plan, and they're playing now. The NFL is limp- limping through, you know, the virus. The NBA is playing. Baseball has been mummed. You know, it's about forty days or less before pitchers and catchers report, and they don't even know the rules. Players who are free agents are sitting back. Is anybody gonna sign me? Yeah, right. And then you see something else that's happened where the Mets went out and got Francisco Lindor, one of the best players in the league, mm-hmm. paying money mm-hmm. along with Carlos Caracos, who was a great pitcher with the Indians, because the Indians says we can't afford players anymore. So you're seeing some teams gobbling up the really superstars. So is the balance yeah. of baseball How's that going in, yeah. in the Central where the Cardinals play? The Cubs have abandoned some of their players. Milwaukee has. Cincinnati Reds have lost players, and they're mm. not going to sign the big free agents like yeah. they had the Cy Young winner and Trevor bark, So, you know, baseball's in a fog. And then the Cardinals, you know, a lot of people say they need a hitter. They've got good pitching. But at the same time, Al, uh, Wainwright and Molina have not been signed. Yeah, Everybody's, what's going to happen to those? Will they come back? Yeah. So.
3: Well, it's uh, all interesting in its own way. And it's uh, amazing because we'd be into really the early days of the, almost like a snowball rolling down the side of a hill. It's just growing and growing and growing, but we don't know about the growing. We're not uh, rolling yet, man.
5: I mean, it's, you lost basically a whole year of fans. Right. You know, you you got hockey kicks off and, you know, people live for February. They live for spring training, you know, they do, and then they live for that day. And, and, uh, April, that's our national holiday in town. You know, mm-hmm. opening day yeah, at right. Bush Stadium. Will right. it happen? Right. You know, it's probably not going to happen initially. I wouldn't think um, so,
3: man, because this is lasting too long. And now <laughs> with the new vaccine, they got uh, other stuff they got to deal with and the new strain right. that's coming. You, you never know, but uh sure don't look good for it.
5: No, and, you know, what moves will the Cardinals make that, yeah. help, that help the team? They, they yeah. were – down at the bottom in offense, they, they need to compete to mm-hmm. play with the big boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some good candidates out there. And the Cardinals got some good players to develop. But you still, fans want to see winners. You can't sit back and say, well, the Cubs have gone down, the Brewers have gone down, the Reds have gone down. Because if you win your division, you still got to play the Dodgers and the Mets or whoever else is in the uh, playoffs. So you, you want to be contenders of them. But, it, you know, all these fr- sports franchises, whether it's hockey or whatever, baseball how much can these men make, you know, when you guys got players making $30,000 a game, mm-hmm. you know, some of these pitchers, mm-hmm. when you average how many games they'll play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's starting to turn people off. They're getting a little negative, but, yeah. you know, baseball is America's game. Let's uh, get it fixed and play ball.
3: I said Wheatley right over there. You can check out all his books at Reedy Press, R-E-E-D-Y Press, Reedy press.com buddy i'll catch you on the next occasion i appreciate you jumping on the airwaves with us here
5: have a good weekend buddy talk to you soon all right
3: with you right here. I want to lead you into the weekend. I certainly hope you have a wonderful weekend. Appreciate you being with me here. Smash Daily on WBGZ at various points in time in a week. Thank you very much for trying it out if you've never tried it out before. Back on Monday as is always 4 to 6 o'clock right here on WBGZ. Have yourself a good one. Hey hey, Smash here. Certainly hope you had yourself a magnificent week with us. Smash daily, Monday through Friday, four to six p.m. right here on WBGZ one hundred seven point one FM. The Big Z weekend is here, baby. Weekend is here. Have yourself a good one, no matter what that one happens to be. As for me, I until Monday am G O H N gone. So gone, I was not even here. Have a great weekend.